Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Not Just Football. It's me, Cam Hayward. Hayden gets the gloat, but we'll keep that short. We'll talk about that later, but we got to talk about the Steelers-Bengals game. Hayden, what did you think about the game? Oh, great game. Great game. I know you've got to be happy defensively. Some very good things happen that you always talk about. And the offense, I mean, can we can we just take a moment and congratulate the offense? 400 yards, it happened. They threw the ball over the middle of the field. You had to be happy to see that, right? I'm happy. You know, I'm happy uh, we were on the sideline and, you know, they were moving the ball pretty good. Uh, not enough points, you know, and I think we're working on that. But it's a step in the right direction. Uh, 400 plus yards. Um, I think it was 33 plays pass, 33 plays run. Mm -hmm. You couldn't ask for a better balance in that game. Um, and you got to understand coming off the last performance, losing your OC, uh, and going in this game, you knew the offense was going to be, you know, under a micro microscope. So, uh, love the way they played. Um, we're able to spread the, spread the ball out to a lot of different people. Uh, and it created for a lot of success this past Sunday. I mean, great to see Pat Fryermuth. Nine catches, 120 yards. Uh, the run game was really good. And I thought Kenny played well at times, too. I mean, you had to be excited with what you saw. I know you said last week, if it's that hard, it's, if it's that easy to throw the ball over the middle of the field, everyone would do it. But I love that they did it on the first play of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, they addressed it. Um, you know, you look at what Pat did. Uh, you know, we've been missing Pat for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the week before we got Pat and – you know, you know, seeing Pat with those big old legs catch the ball, I think it was a nice sign. Um, got some big receptions from a multitude of people. And, you know, the running game is still staying strong. Uh, that's one thing that we are not being shy about. The running game and the offensive line are working hand in hand, and uh, it's opening it up a lot in the passing game. Najee Harris, too, man. I mean, he ran the ball really hard. And him and Jalen are becoming a pretty nice little one-two punch. The running game has really come to life here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, I think it, it's fun because it's not just one guy. It's two guys that, you know, can go off at any moment. Um, and I think uh, Najee is the, the quote-unquote first running back with, uh, you know, uh, being the first rounder. And, you know, a lot is on his shoulders. Um, and Jalen does his part, too. But I think – Sometimes we we try to pit each other. We pit each guy against each other. Mm -hmm. um, but I think most of the time when you look at these guys, they're working together, working in tandem. Um, and you you see a lot of success because of it. Not Najee going for basically a hundred yards. I think it was ninety nine yards. But um, it was a good sight to see the offense really bounce back. And on defense, I just loved. Uh, we stopped the run early, uh, made them go away from it. You know, only giving up twenty five yards rushing. That's a a sight we love to see and uh getting the turnover by trenton thompson you know what a bet that was the play of the game on defense mm -hmm. um you know undercutting that route picking it off uh saving points on the board it was almost a 10 point swing when you look at it so getting that all together was huge uh and look look who it is chris boswell hitting more field goals in cincinnati uh you could have asked for a better feeling than that I tell you, man, and I and I did it a few weeks ago, but Boz does not get the credit, man. That dude is so good and does not get the credit. Obviously, I think it's because Tucker's around now, but Boswell is really underrated and a really big player. And I will say this too, 25 rushing yards, but what's crazy to me, 11 attempts. 
it almost felt like they just realized they could not run the ball, and that had to be a great feeling for you because that's what you always talk about. Yeah, you know, defense, um, we talk about stopping the run um, and not letting it get started. Uh, we didn't let it get started. Um, and in that type of game with a younger quarterback, you would think they would go with the run a little bit more, but they might just thought it just wasn't happening today. Uh, we understand Joe Mixon is a heck of a running back. So you got to, you know, that's kudos to the, the group for getting the job done. Um, but one thing on just Boz, uh, he kicked the field goal. And, you know, he, he hates Cincinnati's field just because that that turf is some of the worst turf in the league. Um, but he was like, you know, this is my field. I do own this field. So, you know, Boz, Boz took control and made the field goals when we needed them most. I'd say somebody else enjoys playing there as well. And that would be you. The most sacks ever by any player facing the Bengals? Congratulations, man. And then you threw up the OH. Somebody had to flash it this weekend. I mean, it was a bad weekend for your boys, but I'm glad you got to celebrate for them. Hey, calm down with that. You know, I, I figured I'd give some some love to my Buckeyes uh, on TV. It's been a long week, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, I know that that streak's probably going to be broken by TJ one of these days. <laughs> I'll, I'll take advantage of it now. Um but, you know, most sacks versus the Bengals is, is pretty special. <laughs> One thing I did think was funny about that, I, I remember, I forget who it was, talking about how, I think it was Javon Hargrave who said, when you get the sack, start dancing, because that's who they're going to give the sack to. When you and TJ got to the quarterback, I was saying to somebody I was watching the game with, Cam, start dancing, because you need a sack. We need your sack this year. TJ's got plenty. But it looked like TJ almost gave you the sack at that moment. Oh, he was trying hard for that. No. Oh, was he trying he, to take it from you? He was trying to take it. Don't ever let TJ fool you. TJ, he's very selfish when it comes to his sacks. And he 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 was trying to rip the guy away from me so he could get the sack. Uh, but, you know, that's just our, our friendly little rivalry we got going on. You know, we get to the sideline. He was like, that's at least half. You know, and, it, and then he goes, well, it's basically a fool for me. But, uh He's trying to submit stuff to uh, Elias so he can get full credit. So he really, he really was trying to take that because on the camera it looked like he was trying to give it to you, um, like he was pointing at you. But really, he was trying to take it, huh? No, we we always we always talk about it, and you know, this is the one thing we always worry about. What if two guys get there, but then one guy strips the ball because then he gets the full sack because he stripped the ball. So you always got to be careful. You always got to wrap up. And if you can, you strip the ball first. So it, it's it's a crazy world when you start talking about D-linemen and their sacks. Wait, is that actually real? If you strip the ball you, and two people get the same time, you get the sack? Yes. So that's why he's always ripping for it. He ain't ripping for it to get the ball. He's trying to get the sack is what he's trying to get. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Um, One thing I did want to ask you about and there were a couple plays in that game that almost like as a fan were demoralizing when tipped ball right into Jamar Chase's hands for a first down or stuff like that. How frustrating for a defense is that? Because it looks like you guys were there. The perfect defense was called, just couldn't finish the play. Yeah, you know, those plays. Um, and, you know, a lot of that, a lot of times either those plays happen or penalties happen that, you know, helps uh, sustain a drive. Um you know, you try to just wipe it off and just keep going. Um, it's easy to get upset. It's easy to blame it on the ref and then just give up a score. But, you know, for us, I think uh, 
stuff happens. You can't really hide from it. You got to learn to embrace it. Uh, and, you know, just put in the rear view mirror. Rear view mirror. Um, I think if you have those opportunities to get off the field, you take advantage. But if you don't take advantage of the opportunities, look for the next one. Yeah, man, those were so close. But you finished it eventually in the red zone and made a great play defensively. Um, talk about some stuff in the locker room. Saturday night before the game, uh, something came out that right. Minka and Deontay had a little altercation or some sort and that the old grandpa had to step in with TJ Watt to stop the, stop the madness. What happened on what happened last week against the Browns, man? Hey, chill out with that grandpa stuff. All right. TJ's um, the one who said it about your beard. I'm just, I'm just repeating what he said. I'm standing behind him as we talk about that like that. That's cute. <laughs> but uh, addressing it, I think um, one, it's kind of ridiculous they became a topic uh, after a game. Uh, you would think everybody in the locker room would have some, you know, sense about that because that's it's what stays in the locker room. I'm pretty sure everybody's been in an altercation before in the locker room uh, where tempers are high after a game. You think you should have won, um, but we handle it. Um, we don't hide from it. Um, but, you know, what's in the locker room should stay in the locker room. It's not for everybody. Um, you know, if you're in a business job and you have, uh, you know, a conversation with HR, does it get reported to everybody or does it stay in house? You know, I think, uh, in sports, uh, you don't have those HR moments, so they're more public, but, you know, communication, um, addressing things head on and being accountable, uh, going forward is, is the key to all of that. How common are those? Always common. I, yeah. I've I've seen them, been a part of them. You know, it is what it is. Like you know, in college you have those. Um, in college, I've heard they've been even worse. Uh, so, you know, it's um, it's it's stuff that you got to kind of manage. But you know, it's it's water down your back. You just rolls off and you keep it moving. So maybe when you retire, we can do top five best fights you've ever seen in the locker room. Maybe verbal oh. fights. Man, I've seen I've seen <laughs> practice fights that are even more crazier than that. Like, uh, oh man, I, when I retire, there is there's going to be a whole chapter about the fights that have happened during practice that no one tends to talk about. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll talk about a, a different. Man, time. come on, man. let's go. You got one in mind oh. you're thinking about. There's just name just, the two people involved. Name the two people involved. No, How about that? no I can't do that. They're, they're, they're still playing. I'll say that. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, that's fun. All right. One more thing about this game. Mm -hmm. After the game, a video is released of a celebration in the locker room. And I love you, man. But you get mad about the grandpa title. What was the dance move you were doing? That You were enjoying it, but you looked like the oldest guy in the middle of that thing. But everybody was giving you your props. So it felt like they were they were helping the old guy out. Old guy out? I wasn't really dancing. I was just kind of messing around. It was after the game. I still was taped up. Still had my pads on. You know, like it wasn't really a dance move. I was just kind of going with the music at that point. It looked to me like you were doing to the window, to the wall, the, the little <laughs> which I will say fits our uh, generation more than it does hey, our generation. Out. Yeah, I, I, I never did the to the window, to the wall. You I never were doing, did that. Hey, pull the video up. Social will do this. You were doing oh. to the window, to the wall. You were absolutely doing that, man, for sure. Hey, chill out, bro. Chill out, chill out, chill out. Um, <laughs> but no, very good win. Happy for you to get that divisional win. And I'm sure you're happy as well, right? 
Always. Um, you know, AFC North, it's a tough schedule. Um, even with quarterbacks out, you got to win those games. Uh, you know, we respect our opponents and, you know, we were prepared and we got the job done on, in a hostile environment. Yeah, no, I'm well, I'm happy you were able to get it done. You're much happier after a win. So um, that's nice. Duh. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet. Up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer must be valid. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wage only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount or qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to the Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Uh, I want to go to some news that just broke today. Frank Reich of the Panthers was fired after not even finishing a full season. Uh don't necessarily need to go into what's going on there. You understand, though, after obviously what happened last week with Matt Canada, just how strange of a situation that is. Tell me, give me an idea of what the locker room's like. Obviously, it's their head coach, but it's still strange. Got to be strange losing a coach midweek in the middle of the season. Man, I, I think it's crazy. Um, you know, not to finish the first year 
with a rookie quarterback. Uh, I we talk about um, having that sustainability and having that uh, seamless transition for young quarterbacks and a young team. And you know, you look at the situation; they trade up to get Bryce Young, and you look at what they traded for. I'm just going to read it off. Um, you know, the Bears received DJ Moore, uh, a 2023 first round pick, Darnell Wright was another 2023 second round pick, Tariq Stevenson, a 2024 first round pick that's currently the number one number one pick, pick. overall, mm-hmm. you know, and then another second round pick in 2025. You look at that, that's just uh, it's hard to fathom when when you think about how that draft played out. When Houston had two picks, and you probably could have got the same thing because I think Houston was taking CJ Stroud regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, you switch with that, you might be able to kick some more picks. But to understand how the coach played a part in that and not see the bigger picture and and to fire so quickly, it's kind of it kind of puts everybody under a magnifying glass again uh, and ask, what are we really doing here? Are we supporting a young transition and everybody growing together? Or are we saying, hey, let's get let's get this out. Uh, let's start from square one again. Well, it's almost like you never had a chance. I mean, you got 14 games. Like you said, you traded away your best receiver. You traded away a bunch of draft picks. And then, I mean, I guess my question is, was it just that bad there that they felt they had to make the move? Or is it a little bit of unstable ownership where you, you played on a team where they've had three coaches since 1969 and the Panthers have kind of had a little bit of a revolving door over the last few years? Yeah, you you have to question that. Um, You know, I think when you're not getting quick results, uh, you know, David Tepper, uh, minority owner here, um, but you look at the situation in Carolina, they want to win now. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know Bryce Young has been a little bit injured and gone through some things, but uh, you got to start to build around them. And, you know, if you had, if there was a way, if you could get a higher pick, this is the time because, Man, th- this draft is pretty loaded, and getting them a receiver like a Marvin Harrison type, or you know, some of these other guys around the league, around the NCAA, uh, it would be critical to have make more for success. Yeah, no, I mean, just crazy. I, I I'm curious though. Do you think the success of Stroud and a little bit of success Levis has showed made this almost even more pressure on Bryce? Because Bryce just hasn't looked good this year, and it hasn't been good. Uh, do you think this, the CJ Stroud's play almost made this? even easier decision for them? You know, I think there, there are different situations. You look at like, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, um, our boss, uh, not having the greatest record his first year, um, but you could see a lot. And, you know, Bryce has been beat up a little bit. He hasn't got all the game if he wants. So it's been a little bit of an up and down struggle. CJ uh, is performing and he's in a and he's a better environment and he's got some veterans around him to kind of you know grow with that group uh, but you got to take your lumps um, you can't hide away from them and uh, hopefully Bryce is growing because of it I, I think uh, you know there's still the jury's still out of what he's going to be and you can't really say he's a bust or anything because I don't believe in that the kid balled out all the time so um, you have to buy into you know, the future. And maybe you can speak to this, but do you think players walk on eggshells when a guy gets fired like this or on some situations where they almost feel like a little bit of relief and they can almost play freely now? I've never been a part of that situation. So (laughs) (laughs) last week week you may have seen the offense. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you saw something there last week. 
I th- I think it becomes um, you become the focal point of uh, what's going on, especially with a head coach. The whole team's on notice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when an OC is fired, I think the offense is more on notice. But I think uh, nothing's off the table with them right now. When you look at the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, everything's got to be checked uh, because you're looking – was it the coach? Was it the players? Uh, what are we doing in these situations? Is it the general manager? Are we bringing in the right guys? All these things should be on the table when you fire a head coach. Well, and I'd say this too. One more thing on this is if Frank was behind the decision-making of trading all the picks, it would be nice to have the number one overall pick to even trade down this year to maybe get Bryce some help. So if he mm-hmm. completely blew that thing up, I could see why he would be to blame there. Um, yes. All right, well, let's look ahead here. You got a big game this week. The Cardinals coming into town. Kyler Murray, a couple games back. Um, give me an idea of what you're seeing from him. Does he look like the same player before he got injured? Well, it's a, it's a different offense now. The Kingsbury experiment is done. Um, you know, I think uh, he's adjusting to it, but he's out, he's having a lot of success. I know they didn't win this past week, but uh, the week before, I think he looked comfortable and you know gave him a chance to to win, and they did. Uh, you know, scrambling around. You know, that's the one thing about Kyler. The more time he buys, the more he's going to give a chance. His chance is wide receivers a chance to get open. So it's going to be a tough game, especially from our defense to his offense. Um, we got to get some guys to the ball. James Conner coming out of the backfield. Uh, you, we got to make sure we wrap him up. Um, Kelvin Beachum, the old uh, you know Steelers teammate. So excited to see those guys, but we got to go in there and lock in and try to take care of business. Obviously, the record isn't great. Um, is it almost like you need to focus a little more and make sure you take care of business? Knowing these are games, I know you don't care about record, but these are games you guys need to win. Especially make sure everybody's focused when a two and nine team comes rolling in. Every game's a you know a game we need to win. Um, you know you don't really look at record. Uh, I, I almost think records are meant to deceive people into believing oh we're supposed to win these games um you know you have to prepare the same way you got to go about it uh you know honestly and earnestly where you know you go through your process throughout the week you don't rush the process you don't think i can skip a b and c and expect to win you go out there uh you take your your study seriously um you watch your film you take your practice uh, you prepare for the game off the field as well with your treatment and stuff. So, you know, I think you really – you can't look, overlook anything. You got to lock in. You got to pay attention and understand they're looking for a chance to beat you right then and there. Yeah, and uh, speaking of rehab, how are you feeling physically? Last couple games you've been back. How How's the body feeling? How's the body uh, coming back? You look good. I will say, I'm, and normally I would like to be a little harder on you, but I think you've looked pretty good since you've come back. Uh, I'm getting better. Uh, week in and week out, you know, it's a process. Um, I would definitely say this past week was a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, it's it's something I'm currently working on. Um, I didn't expect to be 100% coming back off of the injury, but, you know, working through some things. Um, and, you know, through that, uh, I think I'll, I'll finally start to catch my rhythm here pretty soon. Snap count seems to be going up a little bit, too. It feels like you're playing more. But I will say time of possession was controlled by the offense, so that might actually play a role in you playing a little bit see, more. Huh? See, but this is the thing. Snap count, right? I can't remember a game where we only had 45 plays as a defense. 
I had 30, 36, I think. So, you know, um, that's the lowest I've had all year or since the first game. Um, so, you know, snap counts were down for me. Um, and it looked like I played more because I was more of the defense, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a lot of reps. And we've always talked about this. The best defense is a defense on the sideline. And I will totally take that every time to be on the sideline watching our offense cook. Yeah, I think it's about learning how to play complementary football, right? And if you guys can do that, you got the defense to do it. And Kenny doesn't turn it over. Uh, that's one. Everybody says every stat all they want, but the one stat you guys are very good at is obviously turnover differential. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I think Kenny hasn't thrown a pick in seven games, and that's mm-hmm. the most for a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's the longest stretch. Uh, taking care of the ball is huge. I know we had one turnover by Jalen. Uh, in the beginning of the game, but we were able to bounce back, get a turnover our own. Um, and, you know, that point differential, I mean, the turnover differential is critical, especially in the Bengals game. Say what you want about the offense, but their defense does an amazing job of, you know, getting turnovers and, you know, really thriving on that. So um, we were able to keep the turnovers low, not win the turnover differential, but, you know, continue to t- keep taking care of the ball. I think that you got one late in the red zone and and that was huge because it's almost like you you gave you gave one away in the red zone then you got one back in the red zone so it kind of took points off the board for both teams um mm-hmm. but really good win overall and uh on Sunday and let's go take care of the Cardinals on that, on this Sunday coming up all right let's get to 8 and 4 that's the goal yeah, we don't yeah. care we just got to get to 8 and 4 much better than 2 and 6 last year just as somebody who's got to talk to you weekly wow. it's 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 a lot more fun uh when when we're winning games than when we're losing yeah, well, then the followers come when we're winning games, too. So, you know, keep well, liking know, and guys. guys. You guys don't do it well enough offensively for people to come follow yet, but they're coming after this weekend, all right? They're coming. They're coming. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right. We got to go into it, man. What'd you think of Saturday? It's a pretty good game, huh? Okay, so I'm watching the game, right? And I'm watching through the third quarter, and I'm like, okay, we're starting to come back. Um, And for the start of the fourth quarter, we take off in the plane, and I have no signal. And I'm just trying to keep (laughs) swiping up, and I'm not seeing anything. And, and, you know, I I see we get the ball back at the very end. I'm like, okay, we got a shot at this. And I'm just refreshing every single time. I didn't even get a chance to see the exact play. Uh, I had to wait like a couple hours after that just to watch that. And I'm like, man, we had a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you know, tip your hat. They got the job done. Um, 
you know, I think defensive wise, got got, you know, you gotta you gotta make them settle for three instead of seven. Um, you know, I know the touchdown early to Corum, uh, you know, and then um, there was a brief stop in the game when Zinter got hurt, and mm-hmm. then you guys got a touchdown after that. You can't have that. You got to be ready. That was a critical time. If you can get make them settle for three, then you have a chance to really win that game. Uh, Offensive-wise, I thought we ran the ball extremely good um, against a really good defensive line. Um, but then at the very end, we couldn't hold up in pass protection. You hold up in pass protection, uh, it gives Marvin Harrison a chance at that ball. But, you know, it gives uh, McCord time to step up into that throw. He couldn't step up. Uh, so, you know, you know, it's one of those games you're going to regret, and we'll see what happens at the end of this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at a guy like Jim Knowles, man. He was brought there, gets paid a lot of money to stop the run and stop Michigan. And, and Michigan didn't run it for the clip they did the last two years on them. But late game, what Michigan get the ball back with seven and a half minutes left, and they were able to run it down, kick a field goal to go up six, and basically drain the clock down to where Ohio State had no timeouts and really put McCord and them in a bad spot. I'm with you on there, too. Marvin Harrison's got to get more touches. He's got they got to figure out a way to get him the ball more. I mean, he is their best player. And also, Will Johnson, who was following him around for Michigan, was out of the game for almost the entire third and fourth quarter. So you lost one of Michigan's chess pieces to Marvin, where I thought he um, probably should have got more touches. Um, but, it, I mean, great game. It, one of the better games we've seen in a while in that rivalry. Um, and I thought I thought Ryan Day called a good game. I just think Jim Knowles has got to get more stops for that defense, man. You know, I think you brought up a good point with Marvin getting more touches. Um, you know, I feel like we find ways to get him the ball into the red zone, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, or high red zone, not really red zone. Um, I love the call, uh, the slant across the middle um, to him was beautifully drawn up, um, and I even like the uh, Mecca touchdown as well. Uh, but the one thing I'm just like, why are there not enough ways to get that kid the ball? Because, mm-hmm. man, it, it felt there's it felt like this all season. There were droughts um, throughout the second quarter and third quarter where Marvin's not touching the ball, and he's not a selfish kid. This is not an indictment on him, but I think when you have special talent like that, you got to continue to keep feeding the beast. Um, you know, he's, he, when he does get the ball, he's still going for over a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. What he, what he, I think he only had like four, four or five receptions, five like, catches for one eighteen and a touchdown. But like, I mean, what are the, <laughs> what were the targets at? He caught almost every target. So you only got him what six to seven targets at the most. I yeah. Mean, he's got to get crazy. on reverses and things like that too. You just got to get him the ball. You know? And I think, you know, if he leaves after this year, someone's going to feed him the ball because the kid's totally special when he has it. Oh, CJ Stroud is praying. that he <laughs> Oh my gosh. Can you imagine those two together? I mean, Man. I mean, it, it was, and it was a good game. I, I thought, um, like I said, it is the difference though. I mean, he's a guy you got to get the ball more to. Cause I mean, even everybody else, I mean, I mean, Abuka only got three catches. K- Stover must've been hurt or something. They did not use him as much as I thought they would. Um, but Hey man, didn't need the signs this time. Just gonna say the signs must not have made that big of a difference, boss. Where was Cotter Stallion? They did make a, they did make a big difference. We got a better game because of it. Uh, I don't think the signs had anything to do with that. I, I think, think I think I think I think the last two years, Michigan just ran the ball down their throats. I think this year, 
Ohio State stopped it a little bit better, still gave up 156 rushing, um, and they just could not get off the field late, man. I mean, let me ask you this. And I, what? I, what? Wait, well, before you go, into, I'll say this. There was a drive out there for Ohio State where they ran the ball oh. like nine times in a row, and I was like, oh. that's what you need to be doing. you know." And, and I, was, I was concerned when, when that happened. That was an impressive drive. Where, and that's another reason why Marvin didn't get the touches, though. They ran it yeah. nine straight times, man. I mean, they did not. That was a goal. daunting drive where if you get the ball back again as an offense, mm-hmm. man, you're thinking blood in the water. But I don't think we really took advantage of that. I think that's when – uh, Zinter got hurt right after, so he kind of lost that momentum. The next but, drive he did. Uh, the next drive yeah. he got hurt. But I, I agree. I thought if Michigan were to go three and out that next drive after y'all just ran it down the field on them, yeah. um, that would have been a big problem. It would have because it felt like the momentum had shifted to Ohio State. And then I'm not gonna lie, when Zinter got hurt, Michigan looked like they had a deer in headlights look, and then all of a sudden they scored on that next play, and it felt like momentum had shifted back, and that crushed yeah. you guys. Um, yeah. But Travion, not enough touches either, man. Travion only 19 rushes, but no pass. Or he had three catches. But he's another guy I would have liked to see get the ball more, especially with how well he ran on that one drive. Man, you know, I think uh, you're you're gonna kick kick yourself for how many times we talk about the missed opportunities. But hey, Michigan got the job done. Yeah. Speaking of quick uh, uh, of opportun- missed opportunities, did you watch the Iron Bowl? Yes. <laughs> how? Yes. How? How? As a defensive Ooh. player, how? Ooh. How does okay. that happen? Now, where are you maddest about? The rush, the lack of rush, or how there's one-on-one in that corner? One, a muffed punt. Well, that too. I mean, get the I, ball back. I'm talking about the last play. Go, you want to okay. go further. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm about to go through it. You talk <laughs> about that game. One, okay, we talked about the muffed punt. Two, you have a two-man rush oh. uh, on fourth and 30. Fourth and 30, right? You have a spy. Why do you have a spy for Jalen Milrow to run for 30 yards? You don't think you guys can run after him? You you either blitz in that situation or you, you rush at least three. Mm-hmm. Four, you know, I, I, and then how is the kid in man-to-man in the corner? That just makes no sense. <sighs> you have to – oh, that, that, that really irks me. I can hear because, it. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, Auburn, you've done so well all game. And you literally, you were celebrating on the sideline. You were doing all this stuff. But then you just, you know, fourth and 30, fourth and 30. You, I, I just don't get what you're thinking. That's how people get fired, doing crazy stuff like that, rush, rushing too. Why would you do that? That makes no sense. Um, and it just felt like uh, – to, to coach so well for such a big part of the game, and then on fourth and 30, you, you, you crap the bed. I it, mean, totally. Was, you you were oh. the better team for 59 minutes and 53 seconds and and just blew that thing late. And I, mean, I would say this as a fan, and I'd be here, it should hear what you think about this. I'd much rather lose getting blown out than lose like that. I don't know about all that. Oh, yeah, Cam. <laughs> I don't Cam. know. Cam, 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 Cam. Absolutely not. You were there, or you no. had just left. When Michigan fumbled the punt against Michigan State, that was one of the most demoralizing things I've ever watched in my life. That is terrible. Yeah, you don't recover but, from that. But, like, that's way different. That's like a player mistake, right? A coach's mistake versus getting blown out. I can, I can hang my head high and say, hey, I did everything possible. I just didn't get it done on that play. 
when a coach has literally hamstrung you and put you in a situation where you can't win, then or as opposed to you know getting blown out, blown out, it's like man, okay, that's rough. I've never dealt with like getting blown out is just too much. Like Dude. they impose the will. No man, we, you oh. got to get on TikTok or Instagram and go watch people filming themselves. All of our fans filming themselves as the play happens, thinking like they're going to get the celebration video and then rush in the field. Dude, their faces. I feel so bad for them because. I mean, I sat there in shock and watched it. I could not believe they were able to. By the way, too, give Milrow credit. That was a dime. Yes. He put that in a spot where yes. only he's got to get it, especially after making a bonehead play, the play before where he ran in front of the line of scrimmage, then ran back. I mean, how they pulled that off. Now, the question is, I know we got to get out of here soon. Quick, do can they beat Georgia? No. No? Really? You don't think the momentum of that can take them to beat Georgia? <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, I want to congratulate Alabama on what they did, but – you're walking into a gauntlet when you go against Georgia. And I don't I, I don't know. You can't make that mistake versus Georgia. You will get exposed no, very quickly. No, no, you can't play that bad again. I mean, dude, Auburn no. got beat 24-7 by New Mexico State the week before and then had Bama yeah. on the ropes. I mean, can't cannot lose that game if you're Auburn, though. That is you may never forget about that if you're Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is our episode. Uh thank you so much for listening to Not Just Football. We'll see you next time. Like them, subscribe and Peace out.